Welcome to Canada's podcast. Hello, I'm Mario Tanaguzzi on Calgary's podcast on Canada's podcast network. Joining me today is Sawan Logan, who is co-founder of Northwater uh, in Calgary. Thanks, Sawan, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Well, well let me just start by asking you if you could explain what uh, so, uh, what uh, Northwater is and what you guys do. Yeah, for sure. So um, Northwater is pure, all-natural Canadian Rocky Mountain spring water. It is sourced from Banff National Park, which is Canada's first national park, in a plastic-free and infinitely renewable option. So we are in aluminum bottles, um, and we try to make sure that we're a better product for the environment while showcasing Canada to the world. And we are sourced from um, the finest water you can get in Banff National Park. And it's naturally high in minerals, so 8.2 pH. And it's all things Canada. So it basically embodies the spirit and ethos of the Rockies. So tell me yeah. how you got involved in this. Yeah, so I am, you know, I consider myself to be fairly well-traveled. Um, and in all my travels and endeavors, I had never seen Canadian water anywhere. And after having tried water here in the, in the, you know, when I go hiking, I drink out of the springs here and there, which is not the best, but it's nice and cold <laughs> on a hot day. It, yeah. it makes me realize that, that, you know, why don't we have the world that knows Canada for its water? Um, you know, the French Alps has its water here. Uh, the Swiss Alps has its water here. Fiji water exists, but, but there's nothing that truly showcases Canada and the beautiful water we have. And so I felt that that, that gap, there was that gap in the market uh, and in, on international stage as well, because yeah. it made no sense for Canada to be not sitting beside Fiji water, Voss and Avian on an international stage. So that was kind of how this whole journey started. And then, you know, plastics, of course, if you're putting up something, putting out something so amazing, you don't want it in a yesterday product, right? Plastic is a yesterday product. So we thought, well, we needed something that was a better alternative for the environment, something that showed that we were responsible and uh, for what we take, what we leave behind. And people love leaving behind plastic. <laughs> and so, um, you know, aluminum came through as a on a trip to Japan. There was aluminum options everywhere for coffee in bottles. So I thought, well, this is a perfect alternative to what we're looking for. Um, and that's just the beginning. And uh, here we are. So when when did you start? Yeah, so we um, we have built our own facility. So started building a facility in 2019, October. Um, that's when we got the land, the lease, started building. We went operational March 2020. So the same week <laughs> as COVID lockdowns happened. <laughs> and as you and I were talking earlier, you know, we were very fortunate that we had some really good uh, friends and customers that just became like total fans of us. And uh, we're still around and we're still surviving. And this is going to be year three for us. So it's going to be, I like to say my first two years was uh, testing phases. You know, you were like trying to test your minimal viable product in the market and see if the market likes it or not. The only thing that sucked was at what cost it came. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So uh, uh, in terms of uh, your reach right now, uh, tell me where people can uh, can find uh, Northwater. Yeah. So we uh, across Canada, coast to coast, um, you know, we can we're in a lot of hotels. So if you're somebody who's staying in a hotel like a Shangri-La in Vancouver, you can find us there. If you're, okay. you know, if you're in a Jasper Park Lodge, Fairmont Jasper Park, you can find us there. We can find us at Lena's across, across Calgary. 
when a bunch of Safeway and uh, Safeway and uh, um, Blush Lane, so we're in, in kind of those kind of stores, we're in organic stores, we're in some metros in, in Ontario. Um, yeah, like, so we're basically, we're in a lot of coffee shops, a ton of cafes and coffee shops, curious. They're all like primary market happens to be hotels, coffee shops and cafes. So if you're in anywhere within say Calgary, BC, if you go into Hula or if you go into Dirt Valley, if you go into, you know, uh, DeVille's, you'll find North Water there. Okay. Now, do you, uh, uh, uh are you, uh, reaching out beyond Canada right now? Yeah, yes. So we're in certain, uh, in US, we're trying to get into the market more and more. We're very slow in there, but we are. And then this year is the year we're trying for more international market. Um, that's our goal. Okay. Well, I looked at your background uh, <laughs> and uh, on LinkedIn, and I see you have a, a very like oil and gas uh, background with uh, Pembina and, and Synovus and uh, what was the other, TransCanada. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how does somebody from the oil patch end up becoming an entrepreneur uh, selling water? Yeah, so I think it's, um, I loved everything I ever did. My jobs were amazing. So I was one of those fortunate people. Um, that said, there's always a need for more. I think entrepreneurs were, you know, crazy hungry people where we want to put out more. We want, you know, the world to see us and we want to, um, you know, do something, something meaningful. And it was that that drove this because I felt the need to create and leave a legacy. And you don't get to do that. You know, there's only very few who get to do that in a large corporation. Uh, many of us just have to follow suit and just wait for things to happen for us. So I wanted to take charge of that. I wanted to do something that was going to leave that legacy behind for me. And so that's how Northwater started. And I thought, you know what? It's going to be a journey. And the journey is going to be exciting. That's all I know. It's going to have its ups and downs, yeah. which it sure has. Hasn't I haven't I wasn't wrong at all about the ups and downs. The extent, maybe, you know, <laughs> I wasn't hoping it to be so like crazy. But it's been such a great experience of like learning and it's just made me more resilient. And, you know, and, um, and in all of it, like I haven't become a billion dollar company as yet, yeah. but <laughs> it still has, um, you know, gets makes me get up every morning and makes me go do things. And I feel like I, this is something that I'll always be, you know, very passionate about and will hold my, my very near and dear to me, no matter where I like it is. And I, I also noticed in your background, you were involved with She uh, EO. Yeah. yeah. A little bit about that and what that organization is and does. Yeah. So um, that is really just a, a like a place, a venture fund for women. So what it does is it starts, they've just done a rebranding of their name and naming and everything. So what they do is you become a member of the organization and you pay, you know, your dues. And what they do is they support other female entrepreneurs on, in their journey, whether it's like okay. through uh, grant money or through investment. And then, you know, you pay back over time and then they use that money again to reinvest in other women. So it's just a, basically like a, a, a group that, that, you know, uh, promotes female entre- women entrepreneurship. And so it's exciting to be a part of that. I mean, I think we need, as as females, we, you know, we, as you hear more and more about it, it's not as easy for us to be in business. And we see that, you know, not only are we female entrepreneurs and something you don't think about prior to this, I'd never thought of that. And I didn't think it was going to be something for real, but yeah. it is. And so it's important for us that, you know, if we have gone through a certain journey, it's important for me to make sure that other women 
um, can either learn from it or not make the same mistakes or get the support they need where I can provide them the support. So an organization like Shio allows you to do that outside of, you know, your within your own network and who you can help yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you know, you talked a little bit about being an entrepreneur. I want to explore that a little bit more. Let, let, let's start with the, the, the positive side of things. Where, you know, what is it that you like about being an entrepreneur? I said making a difference, um, leaving a legacy, creating something. Uh, I'm not an artistic person, but, you know, creating, when you start a business, you create something, you create a product, you create a service. And, you know, it's it's that instant gratification that you get the same way construction workers have the highest, they say, job satisfaction because they get to see a product and, yeah. you know, they get to see their work. And I think being an entrepreneur in, in a CPG world, in the world I am in, the consumer world, it is that as well. You know, you hold your product the first time in your hand. It's it's, it's something. It's you created something. And that is such a rewarding space to be. Um, then there's other parts of it, too, where, you know, you realize that, um, you're building what you're building has affects affects many people in many different ways. You have people who work with you in the company who you know depend on you for their mortgages and for their food on the table. So you know you're you're creating employment. So it's not just creating a product and making money. It's also about like creating employment and giving opportunities to people. You know, I look around and I love giving opportunities to people who otherwise wouldn't have had the same opportunity in life. So it, it allows you to give back in different ways other than just volunteering for a charity. And that, I think, is a feeling that I can't replace with anything. Let's flip it over a bit. And uh, what is it that you don't like about being an entrepreneur? <laughs> You know, it's it's a lot of up and down. There's a lot, lot of ups and downs and you have to be ready for it, right? So, you know, lots of sleepless nights. There's lots of days when you wonder where your rent is going to come from, where the next, you know, wage is going to come from, when you get paid yourself. Like yeah. um, as, a, as a business for the first however many years, you don't expect a salary. And if you're someone like me who's, you know, um, never had not to be, get a salary since I started, working yeah. it it takes a lot to kind of be like oh my gosh i'm not getting paid you know my rsp contributions aren't getting made and yeah. because it's it's easy to look at this the picture today versus saying no i'm working towards something bigger here and so that can you know there are days when that does affect me because i'm like when am i gonna get paid because it's it's mm. what you put in is what you get out right it's yeah. not like a oil and gas job where you could put in less and still get what you were getting yesterday yeah so it's a very what you put is what you get. So you know it's a it's they said it's a journey, and those the journey isn't smooth. It's the journey is a positive journey. The journey can also have some major roadblocks. So yeah, a lot more grays and wrinkles. So when you uh, when you talked about the journey, <laughs> when uh, on that journey, like uh, uh, where did you seek advice? Where did you seek help? Uh, uh, along that way, like, were there any uh, uh, individuals that, uh, like, uh, that you looked up to, whether it's, you know, uh, famous business people or anything, or any yeah. books that so, you read that helped you along the way? Yeah, so I read a lot. I'm a reader. I listen to podcasts, which most people do, who, you know, these days, and a lot yeah. of us don't have that much time, like, spend more time listening to podcasts than reading. And one of my favorite books in the world, and I would recommend it to anybody, is um, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. And if you're an entrepreneur or a budding entrepreneur and want to kind of get, you know, some motivation in life or just get an idea of what this journey really will feel like, yeah. read the book because 
I swear it's my life. It's just, you know, he's just created Nike, which is a much bigger brand than North Porta is today. But it is, it's, you know, every entrepreneur can relate the, you know, the nights of like where you're stretching it thin to make it to the next production, you know, not getting paid on time or having your rent due or trying to like now dealing with supply chain issues and, or having your supplier not come through or something like that. So I think that, that to me is, Phil Knight has been my biggest mentor from a world of people that I've never met. Um, and then there's people I've met along the journey as well, who are other small entrepreneurs and business within the community. And lots of those, lots of people who, you know, it's um, interesting how strong the community is. Mm. And it's really nice to have that. Like I've got a number of people I've met just through this journey and they're all willing to share. They're all willing to open their hearts and they're all willing to open their doors. They're all willing to, you know, open their network. And um, it's tough not to find solace in that. So if you had somebody that was young that came to you, uh, you know, and uh, and uh, was asking you uh, for advice, what would you say to them? I would say to them, don't let everything outside of your little world make you lose sleep. Hmm. Is all I'd say to them that if you're going to embark on something like this, or even if you don't embark on something like this, you know, your journey is your journey and be on that path and go on the journey. Enjoy every moment, whether it's good or bad, because there are no failures. They're all lessons at the end of the day, yeah. but don't whatever you can't control anything beyond your control. Don't ever lose sleep on it because none of that matters at the end. So it's helped me in my life a lot. Um, I don't I don't lose sleep over things I can't control. Um, and I think everybody can use it. Okay, then. And, uh, in, you know, being an entrepreneur is, is uh, in many ways, 24-7 job, right? And uh, uh, how do you deal with that? How do you find the work-life balance uh, uh, to uh, function, I guess, uh, on all cylinders. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, I, first of all, I, I, you know, I love the word work-life balance. I just don't think they actually mean much. Because yeah. Every person is so different because what work-life balance might mean to me might not mean anything to anybody else. And some people don't want work-life balance because their work is the passion that drives them, that ignites them, or their life is the passion that drives them and ignites them, and they don't necessarily need work in the mix. So um, you think the important thing is finding those little opportunities to take time for yourself. It's very, very important. Your mental health, is your business. You are your business. As an entrepreneur, you are your business. So if you don't take care of your health and you, nobody else will. You know, um, we always joke that in, in a corporate world, you are replaceable. You're just a number on a seat. If you don't take care of yourself tomorrow, somebody else comes and fills up that seat. Well, the exact thing is in business too. If you don't take care of yourself, there is no business. You are the business. So it's it's, you know, trying to create a routine for yourself is important, like waking up a bit early, you know, 10 minutes earlier than normal or 15 minutes earlier and having that solitude and meditating and working out and doing things that allow you to mentally and physically function better. So, you know, proper care of your health. It's easy to be, again, in this world and have so much networking and all these opportunities that come your way to constantly be going out, drinking and eating and, and doing this. But it's it's not it's not ultimately the right way to live as a person because it doesn't help you. So it's making choices. You have to consciously make choices to choose you in this whole journey. Hmm. 
So what do you do when uh, the choices that uh, that you make that choose you, like uh, yeah. what kind of things that you do and like to do? So I do meditate every day. I, when I wake up and I go to bed, I'll take 10 minutes out. I don't have a ton of time to meditate, but 10 minutes is just, you know, me time of breathing and being yeah. okay in my space. Um, I work out. I go to make an effort to go to the gym. doesn't always happen, but I try. Um, I try and eat healthy as much as I can. I cook my meals at home and try to do that. But one of the things that has really helped me in my life, and I found this since in my oil and gas days, is I do digital detox. So I take like three days off every quarter where I don't look at any TV, any screen, any computer, nothing. Wow. And I go, I used to go out of Calgary and stay in places like Emerald Lake, for example, where you know there's no internet and there's nothing in your room, no TV. And I would meditate, I would read. So I would do a lot of reading and I would meditate. I didn't spend time hiking or anything because to me, that was an activity. So the idea was to be bored and just be alone and just be in a space with nothing, no distraction. So I would go for a short walk or something, but I'd come back and I'd read. So it was a lot of time of journaling. And of course, during COVID, couldn't really go too far, go anywhere. So I started to realize that, you know what, I can make my own space at home in the same thing. I just need the willpower to not do certain things. I don't need the world to shut the internet for me. I need to be strong enough to turn it off for myself without physically switching off this, you know, turning the switch off. Yeah. And I did that. And it changed my relationship with devices, with computers, and with television. Like I can go months without turning the TV on in my house. And yeah. it's it's perfect because it's totally, I don't do the meaningless scrolling anymore on that. Same yeah. with Instagram and social media. It doesn't, doesn't have the dopamine hit or anything it doesn't do anything for me um so it's you know it's it's changing your mindset is really what you need to do and and these are things i do and has yeah. worked for me <laughs> so i'm just curious like uh you know what um was there something that sparked you or uh, uh that uh, to do this digital uh, detox uh like uh was there a, a an aha moment that uh, that you said okay i got to do this yeah, I, I think for me, it was um, always, I always had a very, you know, go, go, go life. And yeah. I felt that in this go, go, go life, I didn't really know who I was anymore. I couldn't, and I needed to reacquaint with myself. And the only way to get to know myself better again was to shut out everything else that was outside. Yeah. And the easiest way to do it was to say, you know what, what is it that hyper-stimulates my brain that really serves no purpose? And it was it was technology. And, you know, I felt... I, I missed the simplicity. I was born in Fiji and I grew up in Fiji and I missed the simplicity of life of just playing with my neighbors next door, playing underneath a tree, you know, falling asleep under the tree, running around and not, and having my parents present, you know, my parents would have dinner, they'd be present. Um, they won't be having dinner, they'd be around us and they were present. They were talking to us, they were talking to each other. They weren't on their devices and I missed that simplicity and I needed. I wanted to find that, and I couldn't find that outside in the outside world, because you know your job expects you to have a phone and check it at ten o'clock at night. That was kind of part of the expectation. So I had to go instead of going outside. I had to go inwards, and the only way to do it inwards was to start taking time out to find me, and then taking out the outside things that no longer served that purpose. Mm -hmm. So uh, you know earlier uh, in. The our conversation here, you mentioned travel, uh, um, and you like to travel a lot. Uh, what's your favorite place that you've visited? 
You know, I just got back from Europe and uh, I was in Budapest and I hadn't been there before and it absolutely blew my mind. I was so much in love with the place and the reason being was because every 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 building was so beautiful. I couldn't walk past one without being in awe of it. And I think it it was just gorgeous to see the architecture and that took me like it was I thought it was perfect, but also just seeing the history of the place as well, where there's mm. been so much. There's basically like from the Ottoman Empire to like everybody has had a rule over for Hungary at some point. Everybody yeah. has fought for it because of its strategic positioning in in Europe, yeah. and yet this country stands. And you know, it's got every every bit of that history is weaved in its architecture and its culture. And um, I was in Austria, Slovakia, and Budapest, and I have to say, Budapest, I, I wish I had been there sooner. So yeah, it was it was amazing. So it's one of it's now one of my favorite places. Oh, wonderful! Um, so uh, just to uh, to recap things, and we'll come back come back to Northwater. Uh, just tell me a little bit about the plans for the future for the company. Yeah, so we just launched Sparkling Water in December, so that was a nice little um, you know boost to the products we carry. Um, and we're excited to share that with the world. For us, it's growth. We know we're trying to grow in the market. We're trying to get more market share. We're trying to put more Canadian water across the world. So it's going to be basically that and, you know, focusing this year on on that growth, um, focusing this year on the export markets and focusing this year on getting more people to, you know, start recognizing that we don't need water from France and Fiji when we have our own. Yeah. You know, they don't need to travel. We've got it. Like, you know, it's in our backyard and it's here. And, and we have it, so why not? So right. yeah, grow the brand. All right, wonderful. Well, thanks, uh, Swan, for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, and it's lovely to be on this. And uh, appreciate your time, and appreciate you learning more about us and sharing with your viewers. So thank you. All right, that was Swan Logan, who is co-founder of Northwater, based in Calgary. I'm Mario Toniguzzi with Calgary's podcast on Canada's Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us today.